Hi, I'm Nikki Schrera, and you're listening to The Jazz Session, the original jazz interview podcast. This is episode 585 for the 2nd of February 2022. Anat Cohen and Marcelo Gonzalez are superb musicians as individuals. As a duo, they shine even brighter, if that was possible. Reconvexo is their second album together and sees the pair turn their attention to the deep well of music from the Musica Popular Brasileira songbook. Recorded while quarantined together in Rio, these songs come from Brazil's greatest composers and are interpreted by one of jazz's greatest clarinetists and the dazzling Brazilian seven-string guitarist. Here is our conversation. Marcelo, welcome to the jazz session. Thank you. Thank you, Nikki. It's great to be here with you. Yes. I'm delighted to have both of you here. And although this interview will air a little further down the line, I'm actually getting to speak to you on the release day of your brand new duo album. And congratulations. And now we've had this whole preamble off air about pronunciation. So we're going to call it a couple things. We're going to call it Reconvexo. Yes, good. And what else are we going to call it, Marcelo? Reconvexo. Re, reconvexo. That's that's the way we 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 say it in Rio, in Rio, <laughs> Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> so reconvexo. Yes. So just in case you go and Google it, folks, it's spelt with an R, even though the pronunciation is reconvexo. If we're going to be authentic, right? <laughs> right. Brilliant. So the album came out today on Friday, the 15th of October on Anzic Records, and it's your second duo album together. How does it feel now that it's out and not just a little fist pump? Very exciting. <laughs> uh, it's so exciting. You know, and, and I was just uh, telling myself that, you know, I feel like a, a little shift the way the, the, the business uh, has changed. And before, you know, you would put an album and you would wait for people to buy it and to to and now it's just the, the whole idea is like everybody you can listen to it right now just click and listen and that's it and it gives a whole different excitement because you just send people to listen to the music you're not asking them to to buy anything i mean yes of course you can buy the albums you can buy the physical albums of course and you can also buy the digital versions but there's something nice about you know all the, these these platforms now that you can just immediately share the music and and it's it brings a really nice excitement because it's an album that you know we worked so hard on and so to make and to to think about and then you know it, it symbolizes the whole period of 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 quarantine and 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 you know we don't need to expand <laughs> on that so 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 it's really really exciting to to be bringing it out to the world today i agree with you the instancy is just so exciting about about music um, that comes out in this day and age. And the two of you are coming to me, you're in Rio. Right. How long have you been in Rio now? I just I just uh, got here um, um, from New York. I came here so we can uh, um, work on the release together and 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 prepare for we're going to do a live stream on October 29th. Maybe this interview is going to be already 
posted <laughs> after the live, but uh, live stream. But you know, I can so we can create a little concert together and you know put all the assets in place. Spoken like a true businesswoman, which Anat is. She wears both hats <laughs> equally well. But Anat, you were in Rio before this because you were quarantined there. You were there for most of the pandemic, right? And was this recorded during that period? It, it, yes, it was. Right and, here. Uh, right, yeah, right in this, uh, yeah, in this room. This is, uh, this, yeah. this is where uh, <laughs> the headquarters of uh, where things, where musical things and educational things were happening. As, uh, yeah, it, it was all a necessity of a, a pandemic and. Uh, or, um, you know, everybody's home became their office and everybody's home office became their home studios and uh, and uh, <laughs> the way the kitchen became a, like a TV show and et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> well, I, I did catch a lot of the playing that the two of you did together during the pandemic. And I think you both did an excellent job of turning your home into a really functioning facet of your musical lives. So thank you for all those offerings thank and you. for doing it so well yeah <laughs> well thank you for catching it you know it's it's a i feel fortunate that we have music and that we could just i had another person to play music with because not everybody it wasn't the case for everybody and uh and that we were allowing ourselves to to get together and to play music and and you know in in a in a safe way and and uh and i think um you know the this the the idea of also having acoustic instruments that you can just you know put the phone on and just you know play play something play bring something that happened now and you can that's again we talk about the immediacy of like of things you can just okay this happened on this somebody's birthday it was you know Jean Bosco's birthday ah we can record something and send him and it's it's just and then the, of course, then it goes on the internet. It goes on on, on Instagram. So it's it is something like really, really nice about being able to share the moment and and make it through music, you know. Which is we're lucky that way. Yeah. Well, and we're lucky for the results of all of that convenience, musical convenience. So. Before I spoke to the two of you, I was really lucky to find out about the album from one of your co-producers and Anat, your co-business partner in running the Anzac label, Oded Levari, who said, oh my gosh, this Anat and Marcelo are putting out this new album and the concept is just so cool. And he told me about it and I just thought it was so exciting and fantastic. So can you tell listeners about the concept for well, the, I think the, the the first thing to say is this this album is is mainly um, Brazilian Brazilian songs written by by the treasures of Brazilian singer songwriters from from all over Brazil, not just Rio de Janeiro, of course, and um, and these uh, songwriters that are extremely famous, like. Caetano Veloso, Milton Nascimento, Gilberto Gil, Dorival Caymmi, uh, Zé Renato, uh, who is uh, Jobim? Uh, Jobim? Yes, I forgot uh, the, 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 the father, uh, Father Jobim, Father Tom, uh, Luis Bonfá. So, so these these kind of songs, they 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 stand alone as as just, of course, arts and and music, but the poetry in them is is really deep and it describes um the a beautiful the beautiful brazil and and i think uh that we chose to focus uh on on songs that show the beauty of this country and the landscape and and the people and the simplicity um and really represent the the country and and um and i think during the pandemic it those most of these songs they they all they got a new meaning because everybody was home and there were those artists that i just mentioned Gil and milton and Kaita, they were doing um lives from home live concerts and you would get inside their living room and and watch them in the most like exposed you know with the without the big production just 
you know, of course they had some help, but, but, <laughs> but, you know, unlike most people, but, but they, they were doing these beautiful shows and, and, and each one of those shows, you know, I mean, I gave Marcelo ideas of songs that he could bring to this duo. And when Marcelo has an idea, he just, he locks himself in the studio in this place actually and just disappears into into the guitar and try to bring this whole world of the song with the lyric with the with the melodies with the harmony with the percussion element and everything into the guitar and imagine the arrangement for us and then once it he had something ready he would call me up and says we're recording on sunday <laughs> <laughs> and and basically that's uh you know, most of these songs on the album, that's how they came about. Was that a long answer? I'm sorry. <laughs> and not to have you met me. Everybody who says on this on this show, I'm sorry, it was so long. I was like, did you not hear my preamble to the question? And sometimes people are like, <laughs> after I finish speaking, they're like, so what's your question? Because there's so much other rubbish around it. No, that was a great answer. Marcelo, do you have anything to add? How did she do? Yeah, no, because... Uh... I mean, we have a lot of uh, ideas for projects to record in duo, but uh, these songs uh, in, this, in this specific period was got, uh, had a, a bigger impact on us. So we, we thought that uh, that, that was the, the right project for, for that period. And the facet of these songs, because this is not like, a traditional, I guess, bossa nova or samba album, or within the sort of Brazilian jazz genre, this is a this material is a lot more contemporary, right? Because it's from you know musica popular brasileira. So can you talk about that facet? Because these, I mean, there's also a Stevie Wonder song. Exactly. You know, it's true. not just Jobim Jobim. Yeah, musica popular brasileira. It's MPB. It's it's a genre itself uh, in, in Brazil. So these guys, Caetano Veloso, Gilberto Gil, Milton Nascimento, even Antonio Carlos Jobim. Antonio Carlos Jobim, he, he didn't consider himself bossa nova, actually. <laughs> so uh, so these songs has they have a lot of uh, of things about Brazilian music, like like choro, samba. Different different genres in this specific genre of these songwriters that we call MPB. So yeah, it's not we we, we can't consider that samba or bossa nova or choro, but it's a mix of everything, and it's songs that I mean as it, it they have lyrics, and these lyrics are also really meaningful for us Brazilian. So those people are really important people for us. So when they speak, when they, when they release something, it, for us, it's, it's, it's really important. So in, during this quarantine, to, to have this privilege of having them speaking to us in that period and playing for us, it's it was really a, a big impact and and uh, Stevie Wonder I always felt that uh, I mean his his soul music his uh, American music but I always felt that there was something about the harmony on some of his songs that is really related to, to Brazilian music that's my feeling so we felt we, we recorded the song in the, the same period and we felt that uh, it mixed well with the, with the rest of the album, so we decided to include. <laughs>
Well, I think it's a great inclusion, Stevie's Never Dreamed You'd Leave in Summer. And I think partly because, you know, Marcelo, hearing you speak and Anat, I'm sure you'd have insight of this having spent so much time in New York. But I feel like perhaps there's a leaf we can take out of the Brazilian people's book in terms of a more like holistic vision of music. Often we think of popular music as being cooler than jazz and jazz is so niche. But in Brazil, jazz is the people's music and it lives in that world with all these Brazilian jazz pop stars who have these massive concerts. So I think it's a much more inclusive umbrella. I don't know if you agree with that. Wow, I I, I, yeah. I don't... Yeah, yeah there, there is. I, I agree. But uh, I feel really, it's really interesting for me because... There is some artists that they their music has this magic of like uh, in, in this in this uh, like you you said you you said about Jobim and uh, we made this album about Moacir Santos and uh, I I feel that uh, their music they it it has this magic like an, an American listen to it and feel related feel it's jazz and a Brazilian listen to it like bossa nova uh, to an american listen to it oh it's jazz maybe i i think so <laughs> and a uh, brazilian listens to it and oh it's samba and uh you know it's uh, and they're both right it's uh, like uh, because there is elements of, of both and it's not an easy mixing a lot of people try that <laughs> and but it's not obvious that it, it works well uh, so the music of some of these artists uh, has this magic, like Jobim, Moacir Santos, and uh, yeah. Maybe it's all coming from from the same source. You know, everybody listen to the to the great classical composers, but if you listen to you know when 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 Ginga, great uh, guitarist composer from Brazil, when he he talks about ah this chord, the Duke Ellington chords, and you know everything is. It's not. It's very hard to separate. And and you talked about Moacir Santos, and mm -hmm. and you know it, he wrote for big band, and you know he was influenced by by soldiers coming to Brazil, and this. Needs, so it's is bringing he com, But you know when when it's being combined, maybe naturally, just because everybody has their own mixture of of things. But whatever you hear. You, it becomes part of who you are. So if it comes out organically, then, then, you know, am I making Israeli music or am I making Brazilian music or or American? I don't know. It's just it's all part of little bits that I collected. So I, I guess it's people's mix. Yeah. You, you mentioned uh, that Levari, Levari. And, Let's uh, not talk about him. Horrible <laughs> person. <laughs> and we are discussing about this this thing about box, like uh, on a Stevie Wonder song, like label it. What what, what is it on Apple Music, for example? What, what is it? Oh, I, and I and I looked for it on Apple. Music. Oh, uh, this song is it's so music, but then he said, okay, but your version is not so music. So, you know, so. <laughs> So uh, it's and it's true, and, and that's also the beauty of making an arrangement, like giving another version of of the same song, right? So the same song can can be in different boxes. That's a fair point, and I take it. <laughs> and Nat, you mentioned is your music Israeli? Is it American? For folks who don't know, in case they don't, you are Israeli, and. Uh, you were last on this podcast almost 10 years ago. So just in case we have new listeners who've, who've joined us exactly right, um, think about all you've done in those 10 years. It's brilliant. She looks slightly ill. Yeah, I'm trying to think about, uh, I'm trying to think about 10 years ago. It feels like 20. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Time's a slippery, a slippery sucker. But I would love you to tell us about your relationship with Brazil. How did it start? And then obviously over the years, it has deepened. And the fact that Marcelo probably considers you an honorary Brazilian. And you said before this, this is your first interview, actually, the two of you in English talking about the album. You've been doing these interviews in, in Portuguese. So can you tell us about that? Sure. 
Um, it's great to see you again, Nikki, <laughs> after all these years. And I just want to make sure that we go back and talk about Oded because he's such a crucial person in my life, in our lives, but also in my life. And, and uh, without him, I'm nothing. <laughs> but I will tell you first about my, um, my relationship uh, um, uh, with Brazil, the The first time I came to Rio de Janeiro was 20 years ago in 2020. No, in 20. The first time I came to Rio de Janeiro was 20 years ago in the year 2000. Now we are in 2021. So that's already 21 years. Damn. <laughs> And I, I was already playing some Brazilian music. I met the Brazilian community in Boston and I, was, I started to play Brazilian music in New York. I was already living in New York and then... I decided I love this music, it feels right to me. I'm going to go to Rio for, I bought a ticket for, for two months to go to Brazil. And everybody was like, oh, who are you going on the road with? I'm like, I'm just going. I'm like, what? But what about your work and the gear? I said, I feel like I need to go. And my life was never the same. I got Brazilified, like back then. And I met Marcelo in that, that time. I had a... A friend that she now she's totally like my sister and and she was it she felt like a sister back then too Daniela Spielman she's a saxophone player and um, and a wonderful woman and force and I came to Rio and I stayed in her house and she just took me under her wing and just we walked around and and just met everybody in Rio and and started to play shoro music mainly um, which eventually you made me a clarinet player and uh, made me work on my clarinet and that's a whole other element but the the there's something about this whole feeling in 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 of the music um, that really struck me coming from the world of jazz and having this this feeling of like being in a club with people well now it seems like so A whole other reality like just imagining a lot of people together so sweaty baby okay but it happened for those of you who were born into the pandemic um, it did happen before so you know just people getting together there's a band there's playing songs the audience is participating by singing joining in in singing the songs everybody knows this familiarity people grab the person next to them they're dancing I come from Israel people don't necessarily dance to people you know that way we're like in couples I mean and people grab the bottle of uh, of beer and they play with the ring and they play with the spoons and they it's just something like there was something really magical about it and gave me a feeling that music has this power it belongs to to the people music belongs to the people and it's something that at that time I I wasn't sure that jazz was giving me the same the same feeling like I felt a little bit that that jazz that was like musicians playing for the mu from for 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 themselves or for other musicians but it wasn't I, it changed my my relationship with the audience so and and the sharing the experience so you know that's kind of a general thing that that's I was like hooked and So from then on I, it was always Brazilian music stayed big part of me of everything I've done um, I had bunch of been part of a bunch of projects of Brazilian music with a short ensemble in New York and playing with Duduka da Fonseca and his quintet and playing you know Brazilian jazz and, and, and pop music and MPB and stuff and I kept coming back to Brazil almost every year came to visit because I fell in love with the place with Rio with the sounds with the coconut water with the music with the people and then the, the view and I always saw Marcelo we always hung out we always played um, he was playing uh, at the time with my friend Daniela Spielman they had a band called Habojilagachisha I will translate the lizard tail <laughs> the lizard tail And one of the you know pioneering uh, you know bands of, of Shoro here in Rio it was a I didn't know that I came in, in those the early 2000 there was a revival another wave of revival of Shoro I didn't know I thought that's the way it's always been it was so vibrant 
there were clubs and young people playing shore and people getting together and every night in a different bar sitting around the table and playing in the hoda and and I, I was like this is uh, this is the best thing ever I'm never you know I, I gotta come back I came back as much as I could to Brazil so this relationship has been a you know we always played and and there was always project and in every band that I had you know was in a quartet or a large ensemble and then the Anzic orchestra or the ten- there was always something of Brazil because it takes a big uh, big part of of my heart I'm incredibly naive but that really does fulfill my kind of cinematic movie idea of Brazil it's all it's all just so romantic yeah yes it does and I also must add that um it's usually I would come here at the end of the year which would be around Christmas time and and January where there's not everything kind of slow down in New York and just lying on the beach uh, you know in the heat of the summer in on you know in Ipanema and imagining the snow in New York at the same time made everything even better. <laughs> well, I think that Brazilian tourism is going to thank you now and that because I think they're going to have increased visitors over <laughs> December. Um, and I completely get that. Uh, we have, I used to go back to South Africa in December and it was Christmas and summer and people thought it was just so bizarre. And I was like, no, no, snowy Christmas. It looks nice in the movies, but it's more enjoyable if you're watching it on a screen but you're there in a t-shirt and slip slops about to go over swim exactly reality is a little different and in the movies everybody's like in their slippers and pajamas and with the little hats and watching from the window and it's and then yeah until they have to go outside and shovel exactly the reality is your socks are wet the windows frosted up everything's shut um so yeah, Viva Brazil in December and summer Christmases. And I digressed, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's fabulous. It's just yeah, wonderful. And how did this last stint, because this album was recorded during this period where neither of you were on tour and you were really stationed in Rio, I don't know, maybe in a way that you hadn't been before because you would always be able to get up and go and leave and come back. Did that have an effect on your relationship to the music or it must have been an interesting experience for both of you? Oh, yeah. It, for me, it's definitely created the it, it was very intense. It was, you know, going from, you know, there, there, there's the, the, the blessing of being a musician on the road that that you sometimes can you it's easy to escape escape from yourself and escape from certain responsibilities and you know you just go and 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 sometimes when you travel then there are urgent things you need to do you need to you're on survival mode a lot you just need to wake up and make it to the next city and play the concert and and that's become the most important thing and when all of that went away uh, it was just purely for me it was just me and the music and and no excuse to okay am i gonna what am i gonna study what am i gonna learn there's no concert there's no specific goal and some people you know i think marcelo can 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 testify for himself i mean there's some people and 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 i think marcelo is an example that that always full of ideas they create their own projects and regardless because they want to do this and they want to do that and they just go for it and i often need a deadline in order to function and there were no deadlines uh for 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 performances so making the album together helped me uh, have a reason to stay in shape but that was fluctuating i was you know really into playing and then ah okay i don't have to maybe i'm not gonna play then really into playing they're not then so and then i i i, I did other things like i i um I started to play Cavaquinho. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I took some, um, I still am taking some online classes. And the uh, Escola Portátil in Rio, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a school here in Rio. They exist for, for also since 2000, for 20 years. And they also had, everybody had to adjust. So they also went online 
Um, and and it gave me an opportunity. So no matter where I, I was, I could just keep taking classes online and once a week and so much fun and very humbling to do things that, uh, to be a complete beginner um, at things and um, learn to be okay with being completely mediocre. Interesting. Anyway, I digressed again and uh, I will let... Uh, Marcelo ex express his relationship with the music during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Marcelo, what was it like for you when you decided ah, we're going to record this album, we're going to do it from home, and I assume you brought in necessary gear or you had some of it? Because that's a very different experience than being able to say, okay, cool, we're going to go into, I, I don't know, was Otra Coisa recorded in a studio? Yeah. So what was this experience like for you then? very different well actually for me that part of the spirit was really natural because I, I always I always dream of having a studio at home and the timing was perfect because the studio just uh, was ready and then we 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 got in this situation and that idea of having making an arrangement, uh, compose and record and release and all, everything here <laughs> at home was always in my mind. So, and, uh, but I mean, I love to, to, to travel, to be on the road, but I love to that part of the, the, the creation, the, 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 right. The, the, that part of having an idea, have, have silence nothing in my head and and just create something and um, so we 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 just made it like this we we didn't really got because some people were like oh we need to make lives and do lives and and we did uh, just the the ones who were scheduled and we could do remotely but other than that we decided no let's let's really make something different and uh, not, not shows, but recordings, new, new ideas, classes of composition, cavaquinho, and <laughs> I took classes of piano. So music, uh, it's the best company, actually. It's known for all musicians. And I think uh, 2020 just proved that. note from me, Nikki, to tell you how you can best support the jazz session if that's something that tickles your fancy. This podcast is made possible thanks to the support of listeners who are so enthused by these conversations that they head over to Patreon to join the Jazz Session's Patreon page. They become patrons. If you go to thejazzsession.com slash join, 
that's thejazzsession.com slash join. It will link you to the Patreon page and you'll be able to find out more about how you can become a member for as little as $5 per month today. So please do head over to that link if that sounds interesting and enticing to you. There are all sorts of perks to be had and there are only two tiers of membership, $5 a month or $10 a month take your pick. The other way that you can support the podcast is by rating or reviewing the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. This takes a matter of seconds rating it to be specific and it helps with the podcast's visibility on web pages, in searches. It helps other folks who might be interested in these conversations find the podcast. Really important and invaluable in the world of podcasting. The other way you can support this show is by tweeting, Facebooking, or Instagramming about the show at large or about specific episodes that, you know, you really enjoy. So please do feel free to give the show a shout out. And if you tag the jazz session on any of those social media platforms, I'll be sure to repost your wonderful praise and gladly so. So thank you for listening and for any support that you may show the podcast now or in the near future. Back to my conversation with Anat and Marcelo. Having now recorded it at home, do you think that you'll do that for future albums? Oh, definitely. <laughs> and actually, we, we recorded here. We mix in New York remotely and master in New York remotely. So it's perfect. Did you enjoy it as much, Anat? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's interesting because it sounds much easier than, than it is. I mean, if you've seen the amount of... of you know, we've never done that before. I mean, I've we both have uh, a lot of experience playing in, in a studio and recording. But when you have to set up everything yourself, um, the amount of like test of like, okay, the microphone could be like that. It could be like that and could be like that. And, could, and like every little, and say, okay, let's test and let's sound. And then that, take a picture. And then, you know, we know a lot of friends that are great sound engineers. And, and uh, even our friend that, uh, Kalinos Fuchs that uh, recorded Otra Coisa, we were, you know, sending him ideas and, and using Oded. We're going to talk about Oded, but Oded <laughs> was crucial because Oded, yeah. you know, is not only like a great musician and my partner at Enzik Records, but he, he knows everything. So he knows about sound and about the microphones and positions. And even, of course, then there's also the Zoom, um, even just making a class or making a concert via Zoom and you need somebody from the other side to listen and to... to yeah, Oded is, Oded is the man. Everybody get an Oded in your life. So, <laughs> so you know, the, it, it, sounds, it sounds like it was just like, an, oh, we just recorded at home. But it was definitely a serious learning um learning period and and the the upside of being you know confined to 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 stay home is that we had the time to to experiment a lot of youtubes uh you know tutorials a lot of tutorials and then a lot of experimentations and some things work better than other and then you're like oh we can't use that that you know that mic was off or the, there's always like obstacles and of course, it happens in a real studio too. But but that was a really really interesting and and the nice thing about just having two people and having a duo is that it's 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 uh, it works acoustically. We 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 know our sound and we know each other's sound. We've been performing for for years together as a duo. So it's been a it's been a really fun experiment to to try and capture how we know ourselves and capture it through the recording. I think what's lovely about hearing the two of you talk about the sort of technical aspect of the recording of this album is that listeners will hear excerpts of the music throughout this interview. And the more they learn about it from hearing you, the two of you talk about it, the, it'll change the way they listen to it. And they'll have, I think, I mean, I do now thinking about what I've heard of the album. Well, I've heard the whole album, but I just think, wow, that's really fantastic and astonishing because it's such a beautiful recording quality. So it's quite nice, I think. I mean, I'm, you know, talk about going off on a tangent. Um, anyway, so I, I do, I find it fascinating because you're literally talking about a new process for both of you and then people can hear the result immediately, which I think is cool. And, and also, I, 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 there is some specific records that I love 
that were not not in the pandemic, but uh, were recorded at home, like uh, Keith Jarrett's uh, Melody at Night for You, he recorded at home. Judy London, we, we were listening oh, yeah, to this true. album. We listened a lot to, to, to uh, her name is, not, um, not this one, the second one. Yeah, one album she made at home. And it's brilliant. It's so, so there is some, something there that uh, is different. We love studios, professional studios, of course. But uh, there is some, something else, some, some magic that can happen in this kind of uh, recordings. Yeah, it takes it. It in some ways it takes the it it brings more pressure because we are the engineers also, but it takes off pressure because we can okay we didn't have to we didn't have to go anywhere so we could you know if it didn't work we could try again and try again and try again although it didn't happen quite because the music <laughs> I mean it sounds that's another thing it sounds like you can just keep trying and then play the song again and again and again but the song every take you 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 made actually loses some of the magic because then comes okay this is like and I'm giving you a little insight into my my own brain but I play something especially if it has like improvisation improvisational element to it and you want to you, you want to keep the music fresh so if you play a take of music um some of what you played has registered engraving in your in your memory and then you do another take and then you say okay i already played that i shouldn't play that i play something else and you know the more takes the more thoughts the the, the thoughts the thought process can interfere and then sometimes self-doubt and uh, is it is it really better and it's it works also in, in any studio really not in a home recording but the, you know sometimes the first take is is the best and we have a couple of those on mm -hmm. the album like we have yeah. uh, the song maria maria that we recorded by milton Asimento and and that that open part that we said hey let's just try this and then it was like whoa what was that that has to stay on the album if there were going to be an, there, there is going to be an album and there is an album. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, a, it's interesting little. Yeah. I'm nodding very widely as the nut speaks because I agree with you. And I think the same thing is true in a studio um, that the moment you're on a, even a third take sometimes, but certainly anything past that and you start, you start losing something a sort of a, uh, unspeakable like glimmer and uh, it's a slippery slope so I always wonder if you're home recording and money isn't time because you're not paying for the studio and you don't have to be in at 10 and out at 8 p.m or whatever I often wonder about that slippery slope because you could come back the next day and do it again and again and again but it's interesting that that remains that idea that whatever you do in the first take has something, even if there are imperfections, there is an energy and an atmosphere that is very hard to maintain as you redo it and redo it and redo it. Sometimes you have to wait days in between, which we also had, obviously. And uh, and then, you know, for, for people, depends on what kind of music you make. I mean, we make uh, acoustic music and we really, um, with an exception of, of a, a couple of songs that we, we added something at the, at the end, uh, some overdubs, a uh, bass clarinet in addition, because obviously it was me playing, in case you didn't notice, it was me playing both. Um, um, <laughs> Surprise! So, <laughs> Ta-da! So, so, you know, we try to keep things to be, you know, naturally to, to the way we perform. But of course, in any other kinds of music, it is endless because you can post-produce and add and change and cut and edit. And you, if pe when people work in their home studios, I mean, for people like me that it's hard for them to make decisions, that would be not an easy process. It will take would, <laughs> until you, at some point you gotta let go and say, I'm done, this is ready, or this is never gonna be ready, but I'm letting it go. Oh, you know, so it's uh, all depends on your personality and your uh, aim for perfection. And do you know if any of the composers whose music that you covered on this album will hear it or have heard it? Uh, uh, apparently, Milton Asimento loved the, the album, but uh, we are we we didn't get in touch with him yet. Eventually, it will okay, happen. that's lovely. But the others, not yet. Well, Zehanato, listen. Oh, Zehanato, Zehanato. 
Zé Renato. Zé Renato uh, is the composer of Anima, together with Milton Cimento. Zé Renato uh, made the, the, composed the music, Milton Cimento the lyrics, and he loved. <laughs> <laughs> something about the, the the art oh yeah because the artists the the, the the cover art and that's something that people again why have a physical album we are this is in the, in the oven it's gonna be ready soon <laughs> um, this is a mock-up for the for the but we will have vinyl vinyls and and the the artist Ernesto Neto which we actually met uh, last night in his, uh -huh. one of his exhibitions here in Rio um is a is a wonderful artist and when we saw this this uh this is a photo of one of his installations so when we saw this we we're like oh we have to have this as the artwork there's that and then there is inside there's gonna be some more of his art <laughs> like this one so this is his installations so we're not gonna do this so anyway This is a, we feel really excited. I mean, we, yeah, to tell the story of the album, we can talk about all the tracks, but this is something really, really special. And, and you know, we talked about um, the, the, the poets on the, you know, the, that this wrote the lyric and describing Brazil, but, but uh, Ernesto Neto also has the, the in touch with the, with the indigenous and, and the, the roots of, of Brazil and, and really represents in his art, in his art um, a lot of, of what Brazil stands for and, and being and a lot of his arts installation you can go in and touch and feel and, and which also is something that obviously during the, the, the quarantine was impossible to, to, to arrive. So you know it was really I mean it's great to have a, His art. visual representation of the, the concept of the album. <laughs> well, I hope that people will hear you talk about Ernesto's work and they'll go and look him up online if they're not in Brazil, but also that they'll go and look at the cover of the album, which is fabulous because it's very contemporary and very different to the previous album cover. And then, of course, your text uh, selection matches that, the, the O's on the title of the album. Uh, yeah, and as Anat mentioned, and... Marcelo is holding it. They're holding up the vinyl so you can get it in vinyl or get it in hard copy. Let's bring yeah. us the bring back anzikstore.com. When Odette Levary will send it to you. But uh, and, and, and Ernesto Neto's wife, Lili, she's a Liliani. She's a, she's the, she the, the designer, the graphic designer. Yeah. So so she she came up with the, the with the font ideas and. And I'm like, all right, they're a team. So whatever, if, <laughs> if, if she's okay with it, we are definitely happy with it. So yeah. It's very, very cool. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful CD cover. exists. Design. It's a real yeah. thing. You guys remember this thing when you... <laughs> Our little... When cars this... used to used to be able to put it in the car. Anyway. I know, right? Not even that, but do you remember a cassette? And then do you remember a VHS tape? I do. Oh, we should have made it as a video. Okay, never mind. <laughs> um, Mar uh, Marcelo, Anat mentioned that you went and did the arrangements of the song, and that's, of course, corroborated by the, the press release and your, your cr being credited for it on the album uh, sleeve. 
when you're arranging and you know that the person who's going to be performing the arrangement with you is Anat on her clarinet, how does that change your approach to arranging versus if you're arranging for someone else or another woodwind player, if at all? Yeah, no, it changes. It changes everything and... Um... I mean, with Anat, even if I if I do a, a arrangement for solo guitar, I, I just think about the guitar and play with her. It gets better. <laughs> so she 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 can oh. make. So I'm gonna invite her even for my solo guitar album. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I definitely think about her when I when I think about the, the arrangement and the, the vibe of the song and uh, yeah and and in this specific uh, songs because when I make an arrangement for for a song what I do is I print the, the, the lyric and check what the lyric tells me if I have some idea that's a new idea of the, of that subject <laughs> that lyric the, the the words are, are telling me and then and then I, I I search for the music music representation of this idea I had so uh, some of these lyrics I, I, when I I was there reading this it's it happened I, I was oh and that and that can say that and it can say that can say that this lyric this message tell this message with the, the clarinet so it's really something that um, the whole album is is about the meaning of the lyrics and how she could mm. i love hearing you say that because i think that not always but sometimes there are instrumentalists who when they interpret or play a tune that is a vocal tune but obviously they're not doing it with a singer they kind of see the lyrics as oh well it doesn't concern me it's not being sung it doesn't matter and then they just go and approach the tune and I'll never forget seeing Sonny Rollins um, live in concert once and he did If Ever I Would Leave You which is this love song ballad and he did it as a calypso and it really irritated me because I was like <laughs> this is this really like you know, heartfelt song and a, it's a love song. And there he is like, you know, at the beach calypsoing it. And it really, really bugged me. Um, so I think it's great that you, <laughs> I mean, love you, Sonny, but do not agree with that artistic choice. I love that you take the lyrics so seriously and don't just discard them because you're not working with a singer, but that they then inform the arrangement and the whole atmosphere of how you're going to interpret something, which I think is right. Yeah, definitely. And uh, because, I mean, uh, she's she's a great improviser, right? Everybody knows that. But the way she she she, she interprets interpret the melody it, it's really it's it's really special for me the the, the way she interpret the melody itself of the of the, the song not just improvise on, on on the song which is great too but uh, anyway so I, I was like mm, with these songs that could be special <laughs> you, you know it was kind of a because when when an arrangement was ready, and myself said, "Okay, we're going to record this weekend." You know, on Sunday we we're recording, and then I I would uh, come in here, and um, there would be the everything ready. Basically, there would be the the arrangement and the the concept, but also the lyric. And Marcelo definitely took the time before each song to go over the lyric, translate, explain if I don't understand any words and talk about the idea and what the lyric means and what the climax and what's, what, what his vision of what the song means and, and you know, his own interpretation. So it was really not just a, a, a melodic interpretation for me. It was really try to, to get 
his concert because he spent a lot of time with with each song to really like he describes sitting with the words and 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 representing it with the arrangement and i wanted to respect that and um so so for me it's 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 wonderful because you know my native language is not portuguese so it's great to to have somebody explain because some words they translate literally but I don't know what the story behind because I'm not from Brazil. I don't necessarily know the background story. So some mom, some things have more meaning than what it seems on, on if you just Google Translate, which I do a lot. <laughs> um, and uh, so this is, a, this is a really a plus to work with somebody so experienced because Marcelo works a lot with um, and, and work with with all the singers, the, the top singers here in Brazil. We played with, with, with Milton Nascimento and Chico Buarque and Neymar Grosso and Zé Renato and all the other people we, you know, most of the people we mentioned today, it's people that you, you work with and, and arranged and produced for and, and, you know, so so I just named a few. So, so you know, I'm, I'm honored to be added to the list of, uh, of singers and uh, to be able to to try to do it with the, with the clarinet and I I love expressing the the words instrumentally as my voice is not as trained <laughs> uh, as my clarinet used to be uh, as my clarinet is um, and yeah and of course one of the songs on the album the andar com fe which means uh, walking with faith um, we couldn't resist because the message of the lyric is so powerful that at the end of the song we debuting our little vocal moment. <laughs> And not mentioned Marcelo's work with other musicians, phenomenal musicians, but both of you are very busy performing with other ensembles, you know, Marcelo with you know, Trio Madeira Brazil and Antonio Zambujo, uh, and Anat, of course, you perform with your tentet. You're also part of Artemis, and I had the pleasure of chatting to three of your bandmates recently, which was just such a thrill. How does your work with these other groups enhance or affect or change the way you think about your work as a duo? Well, I think, you know, every, every, it's, it's, your question kind of reminds me that the, the periods when I, I used to play with my quartet, when I had the same quartet and sometimes there would be some moments that I would do other projects and all the band, the, the quartet mates would go and do other projects and then we suddenly have a gig and everybody come back and they come back different, differently. They bring other, oh, they've been doing other kind of music. They have other ideas. And so you take the same music and the same familiarity and you know that you feel safe. It's a, it's a safe space and we can be ourselves and bring all kind of like new flavors. So that you just uh, you, were you just took a trip to the east and you tasted all these other exotic food and uh, and you just bring it back and you like want to add some new spices to what you already know it's like ah oh, let me try that sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't but but still so i think you know the the idea of of being part of 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 other projects and 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 other sizes of ensembles is always enriches the 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 familiar experiences because you come back home. It's like you, you come back home and you're like, oh, I'm home. You, you, and you can sit on the couch and be like, ah, okay, everything's familiar, everything is fine, I feel safe, it's good. And uh, by the way, I heard that this and that and that and you. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of the same. The, I think the music, it's the same in, in this situation. We, 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 you know, take trips to other fields and, and, and bring all the little flavors to, to the duo. This is a, mm. Make sense? 
Sure. Yeah. Anything uh, to add, Marcelo? Yeah, well, uh, not just the duo, but uh, the, the instrument I play, the guitar, Brazilian guitar. It, it's been always guitar. like the, huh? the seven string, seven guitar. string guitar. And uh, it's always like this. We are always kind of stealing something from <laughs> other instruments, percussion instruments, because we can do a lot of things. We can we can do accompaniment, we can do percussion effects, we can do solo. So, it, it, I mean, you can have an orchestral approach on the guitar. And it's not something that you can, you learn on the book. You learn a lot of things on, on books, of course, but uh, it's, you, you learn by playing with others. Like I play with a bandero player, a percussion player, and I, ah, maybe I can do that on my guitar. So I was always like this, bringing something to the way I, my, my style, playing my guitar, the way I, I built the, my style. So, so the duo is, it's more or less the same. I, I, it's some, I, I brought to the duo things that I learned from other, like I, I don't, I, I, I love the duo. I don't want to like, for example, I mean, we can also, but in, in, in general, I, I'm not so open to the idea. Oh, let's invite a this percussion player to play with us could be great but my approach is like oh i want to learn how to do it on my guitar so the duo can have the sound and we 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 do that as a duo so i'm always like paying attention to other musicians how they play and how can i transfer that to my guitar and to our duo a final question before I let you both go, but your previous duo album came out in 2017, Otra Coisa, and it was it was nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Latin Jazz Album, which was well-deserved. What did that nomination or what does any nomination or any award recognition mean to the two of you? Individually or together? Does it make a difference? Does it, you know, tell you you're on the right path? Does it not matter at all because it's, you know, fleeting? I think it means that people are paying attention and it's only uh, augments the responsibility we have to, to aim for, for, for better. And I think it puts more, you know, any, any award and any recognition that I get, I feel that the I'm getting more. Somebody says, "Okay, you're you're carrying the the torch. The torch is becoming heavier, because I have to to handle it with more care and to 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 make sure that I represent it in the best way that I can." So it just it for me it just gives a you know put more pressure in in some ways you know of course it's 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 uh, of course the 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 you know pride and the and, and of course i'm happy about any any recognition and, and award but but it really for me it's it's not uh, it, it doesn't say okay you arrived it just say oh it means you have you need to do better or keep going or you have more responsibility now so for me this is a but of course, it was amazing to get the recognition, the, you know, to be nominated for a Grammy with Marcelo. That was amazing. Yes. It was amazing. <laughs> but anyway, your take. <laughs> no, I mean, for me, for me, the best, happiest moment in, in, in music is the moments I'm having an idea, the creation part. So that's the happiest moment. But this kind of thing, like the, the, the nomination for Grammy, for me, it's it's I, I feel happy with the feedback itself. So it can be the Grammy, but it can be like, for example, the first feedback we, we had on this album, it was with Mark that uh, the, made the master. Oh, Mark Wilder. Mike Wa Mark Wilder. Wilder. He sent an email with the master and said, wow this is uh, something like it's so beautiful it, with, with the 
with records like that, I remember how I chose this career, what I do, because we, so for me, this is, I feel really happy with the feeling that people uh, felt the same as, uh, as us. So was this, it could be some comments of someone and also, of course, the Grammy nomination and it, but uh, it touches me the same way, like, oh, people, people understood what our message, so. Well, thank you so much to the two of you for taking the time to chat to me about Reconvexo. Reconvexo. Thank you, thank you so much for, for, for taking the time, for listening to the album, for taking the time to talk to us and for, for catching, us, uh, catching us on our release day, October 15th, and for talking about our favorite subject, which is music and musicians. And, and we have people in common that we love, like Oded and, and, and Amy. And uh, we have not uh, highlighted enough all of Oded's qualities, but you know, maybe we'll need to do a whole podcast just talking about Oded. And, uh, and I am extremely um, happy to be celebrating the release of Reconvexo, Reconvexo, uh, with with Marcelo and, and, and thank you for for having all these ideas the idea man <laughs> so and thank you Nikki thank you both This week's guests are Nat Cohen and Marcelo Gonzalez. Their new album, Reconvexo, is out now on Anzic Records, wherever you find your music. You'll be able to find details about the tracks that were played today in the show notes for this week's episode. As usual, I will post those and any other names or links that we might have mentioned. A huge thank you to the Respect Sextet at respectsextet.com for the theme music of this show. You're welcome to follow The Jazz Session on Twitter, at Jazz Sesh, and on Facebook and Instagram, at The Jazz Session. There is also a YouTube page to which you can subscribe if you want to watch video excerpts of my conversations with the Jazz Sessions guests. A huge thank you to the patrons over at thejazzsession.com slash join. Head there today if you want to become a Patreon member. And thank you to the listeners for tuning in and to any support that you may shower upon this show, whether it's telling a friend, family, or four-legged pal about how much you enjoy these conversations. My name's Nikki Schrera, and I will see you next week for another conversation with an astounding jazz musician about their music and their process here on The Jazz Session.